Hello, this is Pastor Trent. I want to welcome you to the Mountain Home Church, the Nazarene Sermon Podcast. We are thrilled that you are tuning in to hear sermons from our ministries here at our church. It is our hope that the Spirit of Christ would be present with you as you listen today. I do want to take just a moment to invite you to reach out and connect with us. On our website, we have a way for you to do just that. You can visit www.mhnazarene.org slash connect and fill out a very brief form. There's a spot to leave contact info, ask questions, and even to request prayer. Also, be sure to indicate that you listen to us through our SoundCloud podcast to let us know where you're listening. May the Lord be with you this day. Grace and peace to you. It's different for me to be down here and not in front of all those lights that shine way too bright in my eyes, but it's kind of, it's kind of cool. It's kind of fun for me. Um, and thanks for just letting us kind of be casual on this day. Um, I've given myself um, two instructions for the day. Instruction number one, don't mess up Christmas, right? <laughs> like, it's Christmas. Don't mess it up, preacher, right? Number two is don't take too long. I mean, there's kids in the building, kids in the facility, some of which are mine. Yeah, I know. So um, um, get the people home is my second, uh, my second instruction. But um, how cool is it that Christmas falls on a Sunday? Christmas, the day we commemorate the birth of Christ, falls on a day in which the, the people of God are used to this rhythm to come and to gather and to shake hands and give hugs and look people in the eye and say, God is with you today. Um, and God is with us today because of the day that we celebrate today. And how cool is that for us to be able to, to gather on the very day that we celebrate. Well, today, um, uh, there's all sorts of Christmas texts out here, but we're going to look at the, at the weekly psalm out of the lectionary today, uh, which is Psalm 98. Uh, so if you have your Bibles, uh, you can open with me to Psalm 98, or if you have devices, you can point them in that direction. Um, today, we're just going to read through the whole psalm of Psalm 98. Out of reverence for the reading of God's Word, for those who are willing and able, would you please stand uh, as I read Psalm 98 from the Common English Bible today? A reading from Psalm chapter 98. Sing to the Lord a new song, because he has done wonderful things. His own strong hand and his own holy arm have won the victory. The Lord has made his salvation widely known. He has revealed his righteousness in the eyes of all the nations. God has remembered his loyal love and faithfulness to the house of Israel. Every corner of the earth has seen our God's salvation. Shout triumphantly to the Lord, all the earth. Be happy. Rejoice out loud. Sing your praises. Sing your praises to the Lord with the lyre, with the lyre and the sound of music, with trumpets and a horn blast. Shout triumphantly before the Lord, the King. Let the sea and everything in it roar, the world and all its inhabitants too. Let all the rivers clap their hands. Let the mountains rejoice out loud all together before the Lord because he is coming to establish justice on the earth. He will establish justice in the world rightly. He will establish justice among all people fairly. 
this is the word of God given to us, the people of God. We say thanks be to God. Please have a seat. As we gather on Christmas Day, uh, we would be remiss to not talk about the Christmas story. Now, some of you, some of you have double-dipped this this weekend. I saw you last night for a little bit of Jesus, and I see you this morning for a little bit of Jesus, and that's amazing. It's so cool to have back-to-back services. It's a little bit of work, too. So I want to say thank you to my staff and to all the volunteers who made last night happen and this morning happen. Part of unplugging everything and being kind of acoustic is it takes a few less people that, that had to interrupt their mornings on, on Christmas Day. And so thanks for, thanks for playing along with us in this new in this new setting, I have to be. I have this sense that there's candles right behind me, and I don't want to knock them over and set anything on fire. So, uh, but we we would be remiss to not talk a little bit about the Christmas story. It's well rehearsed, and, and something that we read through last night, um, several uh, twice actually, as we gathered on Christmas Eve. Um, last week we talked a little bit about. Matthew's account that really focuses on Joseph's perspective uh, uh, up to the birth, kind of skips forward to the visit from the Magi from the east and then the flight to, to, to Egypt as Herod, the tyrannical ruler of Israel, said, uh, my, my power is threatened and so I'm going to go after all those baby boys that are supposed to be or, or come from the area that's supposed to be where the Messiah is going to come from. And we talk about the tears uh, of Israel in, that, in those moments. Um, and then they return to Israel and, and end up settling down in the town of Nazareth. That's kind of Matthew's perspective, right? Luke's rendition is a little different. It fills out a little bit more color to the story. Um, and I'm so glad that we have both. That, that, and, and in my mind, as a, as a kid, I, I didn't realize how they were so separated and how they were so distinct and separate. There's very few details that kind of overlap. I mean, Jesus shows up, right? <laughs> that, that's the important part. But outside of that, there's not a lot that really overlaps. So I'm glad we have both. It, both. it starts out talking a little bit about a relative of Jesus, a relative of Mary's named Elizabeth. Um, and, and the unusual circumstances of, of her relative, Elizabeth, getting pregnant in old age. Mary is visited by the angel Gabriel, um, and the two of them get together for a period of about three months. Um, then we have, in Luke chapter 2, the calling of the census, right? Mary and Joseph, we see the images of them schlepping across the desert on a camel, right? And or on a donkey, or, or some animal, I, doesn't sound comfortable to me, especially um, if, if my wife were eight and a half to nine months pregnant. It doesn't sound fun at all. Um, travel to Bethlehem, the baby's born, laid in a manger, shepherds, angel choir. Um, after that, uh, after Jesus is born, the pre- presentation of Jesus in the temple, um, and then kind of one childhood story from Jesus' growing up years, and then boom, Jesus is off into ministry. Then, and, and really, Jesus' ministry is, is what is the story that the Gospels is telling. But I'm so glad we have Matthew's version. I'm so glad we have Luke's version uh, of, of the coming, the narrative of the advent of Jesus. The whole narrative pieces uh, of these story com- kind of comprise not even four chapters of Scripture. So you think about 
all that we do in Christmas and all that we celebrate in Christmas, this story is encapsulated in Matthew chapter 1 and 2, and not even all of chapter 1. big portion of that's Jesus' genealogy. And then Luke chapter 1 and chapter 2. It begins to answer for us the question of how these texts become so familiar for us. That, that for four weeks, five weeks, six weeks in, in December and on into January, these texts are read each year. We turn back to them, we re- recite them, we relish them and enjoy them. And, and think of all the ways that these stories have been told over the years, the different renditions, the different uh, ways the story has been, been talked about and put together and presented back to us. It is interesting on, on this day to, to select a text that's way outside of this little kind of subset of, of scriptures that's so, so popular. Um, I, I talk about the lectionary readings often. The lectionary kind of goes crazy at Christmas. It does so at Easter too, but it gives just all these options of, of different texts um, to read, although the gospel is consistent. There's three sets of lectionary texts for this day. For Christmas Eve, for Christmas Eve, Christmas. There's three different sets of texts. Um, one, the gospel reading is Luke one through twenty. The second one, the gospel reading is Luke one through twenty. <laughs> the third, the gospel text is John one one through fourteen. And you remember, some of you may remember that passage. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was with God. It was there in the beginning at creation. But it's like the lectionary sending us a, a message. Don't miss Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2, 1 through 20. Don't, don't miss it. It's really important. I think the Christmas story is really important. But commentators who reflect on this psalm that we read together, Psalm 98, without fail, talk about the joy expressed in the lyrics of this song. When God breaks in, God's people are filled with joy. They they burst forth in exuberance. Kathleen O'Connor writes this, Psalm 98 celebrates the coming of God's presence into the world. Which is kind of interesting. Psalm 98 was written a long time before Matthew 1 and 2. A long time before Luke 1 and 2. But the psalmist knew what it was like for God to break in. The psalmist knew what it was like to, to have the joy and the exuberance of, of God coming and changing the circumstances. God coming and making a difference. For the Old Testament writers of the psalms, God changed what was happening. And for the people of Israel who celebrated the birth of a baby outside of Bethlehem. God's arrival makes a difference. And today, in 2022, in Mountain Home, Idaho, God's arrival makes a difference. God shows up, and we celebrate, and there is joy. Christmas time is, is that time when we reflect on the coming of, Lord, of the Lord Jesus into this world. Like the psalm says, we we sing to the Lord, for God has done wonderful things. He has provided for us a victorious life. It talks about victory. It talks about 
salvation. For God has provided us a way to be saved, for us to experience the salvation of the Lord and what it means to be saved. And it is all possible because of today, because Christ came. Well, the, the first section of that psalm, the first three verses, really focus on, on victory and salvation. The second section uh, of this lyric or of this song that we have recorded in Psalm 98 really seems to be focused on making noise. I, I don't know if Christmas is noisy at your house, but Christmas can get a little noisy at, at our house. Um, I have two examples of, of noisy things in, that I want to share with you. The first is junior high trumpet players. <laughs> I don't know if you've ever had a trumpet player in your house. We did for a short time. Uh, we fixed that. Um, <laughs> not really true, but kind of true. Um, I was in a junior high band, and I was not part of the trumpet section, but junior high trumpet players know how powerful the object is that's in front of their mouths when they play. They, they constantly, consistently need to be scaled back and told by the conductor, whoa, whoa, easy. Um, but when they find a part that they like, you're going you're gonna to hear about it. Um, there are two types of band members, trumpets and non-trumpets. And that's the only classification I needed back in the day when I was in junior high band. It talks about trumpets in the scripture. That's the kind of noise that we make at Christmas. The people of God can say, this is what it's all about. This is why we play. I don't know how noisy liars are, but I know trumpets, and I know the volume of trumpets. The second story I have to share with you is, is I, it wasn't this year, but, but two years ago, or last year, um, for one of the Wednesday nights with the kids' ministry, my wife decided to, to pack the kids up in our van and go um, Christmas light hunting around town, go see the different light displays. And, and she thought it would be fun. My wife, um, she's, in, she's in the preschool right now, so I could talk a little bit about her. Um, you can share this with her because I'm still a little broken up about it. She decided that they were going to vote for which light displays they had by giving them little jingle bells that they got to carry in their seats. And she put them in their hands. We closed the doors. We made sure everybody was buckled. And we drove off. And for about 45 minutes, I had jingle bells ringing the whole time. And they figured out that they could be loud in between the different houses. That it wasn't about voting for the lights. It was just about making noise. Right? I, my, I think I still hear the bells in my, in my ears um, from 12 months ago. Um, I needed to go find a dark and silent room after, <laughs> after that trip. But, but verses 4 through 6 are all about making noise. That when God shows up, we celebrate, yes. But it's also a time to make some noise as the people of God to say, God is worthy of our praise. God is worthy of us ringing a few jingle bells and blasting a few trumpets and playing a few lyres. I don't have many of those, but in the final section of the psalm today, the entire realm of creation is invited to join in, to take part in this ultimate praise of our Lord 
and Savior Jesus Christ. The seas, the rivers, the mountains, the world, and all its inhabitants are mentioned. That's it. <laughs> Those are the, that's all that gets to participate in this celebration. The rivers, the water, the mountains, the land, the seas, the world, and all its inhabitants. The whole world. The whole world, the whole created order is brought in to rejoice out loud together according to the scriptures. For the Lord is coming, and here's the last three phrases, to establish justice, to establish justice, to establish justice. The psalmist often, uh, the different psalm writers that we have, often use repetition to, to, to scale importance. A lot of times you'll see two, two phrases or two thoughts that, that look exactly the same. They might change one, le- one word or add a word or change the order of the words, but two sentences that are saying the same thing. That means it's really important. Here at the end of Psalm 98, the psalmist says three times, for Christ, for the Lord is coming, not Christ at this point, the Lord is coming to establish justice on the earth, in the world, among all people, justice will be established. When has justice been established on this earth in which we live? I look around and think, well, we're not there yet. Right? We're not there yet. I kind of want to ask God a few questions about this. Like, come on now. You said this thing is happening. You said it three times. This is what you were going to do what's going on. And then I'm reminded that in the coming of Jesus on Christmas Day, we begin to see the establishment of justice, a justice that is, that is carried on and continued by our participation and that will ultimately see completion and fulfillment in the coming of Christ a second time that we get to participate. We get to be part of God's work and God's establishing justice in the world. And that in the coming of Christ, all people were extended the offer to know God, to walk with God, to have relationship with God, and to spend their days in worship of him. And it all starts on a day like today with the arrival of a little child. We spent time this past week with a a small group of people focused on, on how this time of year is especially hard for some of these people. For people who've lost someone this past year or in recent years, people who've lost significant relationships or, or seen them fade away and die or seen hopes and dreams dashed or just incredible disappointments that they've experienced. Um, our annual Blue Christmas service that we held this past Friday allows space for people who are really struggling this year and during this season. And it allows people the chance to uh, name those losses, to light a candle in, in memory of, 
of whatever they're going through and whatever struggle that they face this year. And we even took time to, to write down some of those losses and in community to speak some of those losses with the hope that in those moments, those that gathered could, could just help carry that burden. There, there's, a, there's a display at a museum um, where uh, you walk into this room and, and it, doesn't, it was kind of bare and, and you look to the ground and you realize you're standing on a, on a sheet of glass, sheet of plexiglass as you're walking. And underneath the glass are thousands and thousands of little tiny one-inch figurines that are just holding up the glass. Just scattered all the, like just side by side all the way underneath and and you see this room and it re- reminds me a little bit of the people of God that together we get to hold each other up to carry each other's burdens to say my loss is your loss and your loss I choose to be my loss and in that moment during that service I I hope and pray that that's what those of us who participated felt. But I'm also drawn, was drawn this week to to think of these folks today as I read Psalm 98. And while this psalm really seems to declare that things are happy and we're joyful and, and Christ has arrived and we're good, we have victory and salvation, let's make happy noises with trumpets and jingle bells, and all of creation will join in. That's the narrative of this psalm. Even here, we see that God has yet to make all things well. God has yet to to make all things seem right and good and well. But we have hope, for justice is still being established. Justice is still arriving. The Christ child has come. We celebrate that and what it means in the midst. We know that the establishment of justice that God is bringing continues on this day. Starting then, even when the Old Testament was, as it was being written through the people of God, initiated by Christ, continuing in us today that we get to participate in the establishment of God's kingdom here on earth and will ultimately be fulfilled in Christ's coming again. Amen? Isn't that good news today? It is. No matter where we are, no matter what we're going through today, this is good news. The good news is for God is with us, Emmanuel. And I can think of of no better way to celebrate his arrival on this day than to practice the commemorative meal that, that he gave to us, that he instituted for us in the meal of communion. And so tonight, today we're going to, to participate in communion. Once again, if you were with us last night, you, you got served communion as well. But I'm going to ask the servers who are prepared to, to serve us today to come forward and, and to take their positions and to get set up. For even in the stories of of his arrival, Christ's arrival, we see hints of how we will ultimately be provided for by his broken body and by his shed blood. At our church, we practice the 
We practice what's called open communion, which means that anyone who believes in Christ, anyone who is a follower of Christ, or anyone today who says, I choose today to follow Christ, can participate with us as we serve communion. Um, today, we're going to serve um, by antiquation like we normally do. We'll just have you come down these aisles and then loop back around to your seats. We'll also have a communion station in the back. We serve gluten-free bread for those who have sensitivities. Um, and you can just extend your hands and a piece of bread will be placed in your hand and then you can dip it in the juice and partake at that time. For those who also wish we have prepackaged elements um, with the wafer and juice and you can just take one of those, return to your seat um, and, and take the elements there. On the night that Jesus was betrayed, he gathered with his disciples in what came to be called the upper room. And as he shared the Passover meal in that time, he kind of broke tradition a little bit. In the middle of the meal, he took bread, and after giving thanks, he broke it and gave it to them, saying, take and eat. This is my body, which has been broken for you. As often as you do this, remember me. Likewise, after the meal, he took a cup, and he gave it to He blessed it and gave it to them, saying, this is my blood poured out for you. As often as you do this, remember me. And in that way started for us a worship tradition that has spanned 2,000 years, that over the course of this past 24 hours, thousands, hundreds of thousands, millions of people have practiced this ritual in celebration of the Christ who came on Christmas Day, the Christ who sacrificed, gave up his life on our behalf that we might have relationship with him. I'm going to pray, and then we're going to serve communion to you, to those who wish to be served. Lord God, thank you today for who you are. Thank you for how you walk with us, and thank you for this chance to gather in your house and to worship you. Today, as we gather in your name, we pray that you would help us to experience the joy of this season to remember who it is why it is that we gather in your name and that we worship you be with us now in this time we pray in christ's name amen the table is set the invitation given come and dine amen joy joy Christ is born, the babe, the son of Mary. Amen. For those of you who are willing and able, I'd invite you to stand as we receive, to, in order to receive the benediction this morning. We have this tradition of kind of extending our hands as this physical reminder that we receive this blessing uh, today. Lord, today we celebrate your arrival in the form of a little baby. Every day may our lives be reflections of your generosity, and of the ways in which Christ invited us to live in this world, we pray. Amen. 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 Go in the love of Christ and Merry Christmas. Thanks for joining us today on the Mountain Home Church of the Nazarene podcast. Don't forget to visit us at mhnazarene.org connect if you'd like to connect with us, and have a great week.